We would like to acknowledge that this podcast is recorded on the traditional lands of the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation. We pay our respects to elders both past and present. Scream Queens. Welcome to Screen Queens. This is the podcast where two comedians watch and review and gossip about all things on your screens. I'm Beck Charlotte. I am a comedian, a writer, and obviously podcaster. Duh. Duh. And I'm Alex J, comedian, writer, podcast producer, and your new best friend. How are you, my love? Great. I'm good. Um, I saw Taylor Swift you sure this did. weekend. And... I've so like it's honestly hard to not talk about it. Mm. It's the only thing I can think about. I close my eyes and I see it. Yeah, on the I back did of my ask eyelids. you earlier on the way here. Do you want me to get you a coffee? And you said Taylor Swift drinks coffee, and I was like, okay, well, she <laughs> have to come up in every fucking situation. Is it, <laughs> okay, is it Taylor Swift breeds as well. <laughs> I think I'm gonna start breathing. I uh, yeah. Anyway, look, we can't. We're, that's not what we're here to talk about. Okay, because no. I saw it live. That's Not on it. the screen. And we're going to be talking about it all on our Patreon this Friday. So join yes. up if you would like to hear all of Rebecca's endeavours over at the Eras Tour concert. Yeah. But today we've got a few big things to talk about. This is our review episode, so we're reviewing things on your screens. And we're going to start today with the medium screen review. Yes, a.k.a. television, Tele- idiots. Heard of it? <laughs> <laughs> so today we are reviewing... Gosh, it's a mini series that a lot of people are talking about. Mini? It's 15 episodes long. It's a standalone series, as in there's no series two. Oh, okay. That we know of. I mean, fuck. Spoilers. Spoilers, spoilers. By the way, for anyone who hasn't seen, we are going to be talking about One Day on Netflix. Mm -hmm. There are spoilers ahead, okay? So if you are – and I was someone who I was disappointed that someone spoiled it for me. (gasps) No. It affected the viewing experience. So if you're, like, on the fence, like, oh, maybe it doesn't matter. For me, it did. So turn back now, go watch it and mm. then come back and chat to us okay great i got sucked in because i saw it on netflix and i i cast it aside because mm-hmm. i was like oh it looks like teen drama teen drama who gives a hoot mm-hmm. and then it showed me just enough clips mm-hmm. on reels that mm-hmm. i was like okay this i do like a bit of romance okay mm-hmm. i like twilight and i Found Fifty Shades of Grey so funny. I'm becoming more and more partial to a romance as I age and I'm becoming the woman that everyone is. Oh, yes. The horny older lady. (laughs) This is very – I didn't want to say it like that. In her nightgown. But that's exactly what it is. And so I started watching it and I found it so enjoyable that I was like, Alexia – we should do this for the podcast. Mm-hmm. And I had heard about it. Mm. I had seen on TikTok a lot of broken heart emojis, a lot of I cried constantly during this show takes. And I was a bit nervous to jump in because mm. I knew it was going to be, according to the emojis, heartbreaking. Mm. And boy, was it. So <laughs> then I I binged it over the last two days. I watched 10 episodes yesterday and I watched four episodes this morning. Which sounds like a lot, but they're only half hour episodes. 25 minutes, if Which that, sometimes. I loved. Or it's like blink and you'll miss it episodes. Yeah. A really, really good show to watch and not not background watch. You, mm. you do need to pay attention or else you miss some of the really nice and important moments because mm. they are subtle. But you can watch it while you're on your laptop. 
kind of yes. thing. It's it's a good one to just have on and work your way through. Really easy to watch. Yeah, I was making friendship bracelets for Taylor Swift while I was watching it. That's fucking adorable. Yeah, it's pretty cute. Anyway, I can't talk about it. We're here to talk about something else. Again, kudos to the half hour episodes. Kudos. And 15 episodes, I think, was, look, just a little bit too much. Yeah, yep. I think we uh, just shaved a couple off that. Look, when episode 12 ended, yep. which is when we were still in the happy times, yes. <laughs> there was a part of me that was like, I would be so happy if this show ended now both for mm-hmm. plot and for time. Yes. <laughs> but I know there's two more episodes left and I remember all those heartbreak emojis, so I'm terrified. Yep. <sighs> so it's a, basically it's a show which this – I'm embarrassed I didn't cotton on to this till about episode three, but it's literally the one – one, the show follows this one date, July 13th, in these two people's lives every year consecutively. It took me to like episode eight <laughs> to be like, oh, oh. It's, oh, it's the same date every time. Uh, that's smart. Wow. That's so some good storytelling. And I fucking loved that system. I wish I'd known about it sooner. I would have appreciated it for the first eight episodes. True. So I'd just be like, how do they pick the day? It's yeah. so random. Um, and it's, yeah, so each episode is just one day in the life, which um, I, I really enjoyed. And I thought it was, like, very cool of a concept to be like, okay, all like this crazy shit happens in this day, but we don't see them process it yes. at all. We just jump to the next year. They've or whatever tragedy happened, whatever heartbreak or happiness happened, they've processed it. They've moved on, and mm. it was just really, I don't know, just really cool to not get bogged down in all the emotional processing of shit. Yeah, you don't have to see like the hard part of it. You just see the drama and the action, yep. and then it's like, oh, cut to a year later, yep. and things are different, and we're slowly going to find out why. It yeah. was a really fun, like kind of like mystery in a way of it's mm. like, all right, and scene. And now we're in a van. And we're like, why are we why in a van? van? Oh, I want to know. So true. I found myself excited when a new episode would start to find out where our two protagonists were in their relationship yeah. a year on. Each time you just have they fucked? Have they not? Do they like each other? Are they friends? Are they not? It was like really exciting. Like you said, like a mystery for it to unravel each time. Yeah. So smart. Because I, I, I I had the magical experience of I started watching something and then Skip just started hovering in the background and be like, what's this all about? Hello. And I'm like, oh. Hello, saucy little man it's there. It's kind of for the girls. I don't think you would like it. And then he's immediately sitting down and be like, who's that guy? What's going on? And it took so long to explain what was going on because mm. a new episode would start and he'd be like, who's that person? I'm like, I don't know. We don't know yet, babe. That's the fun of it. <laughs> We're in the same boat. <laughs> Um, okay, first off, White Lotus guy. Yes, I didn't know that was him until it, after someone was like, the White Lotus guy. And I was like, what? Well, you didn't realize that after you'd finished watching it. he's such a different character. So different. So I mean, different. with all of his clones on, you know, it's mm. for most of it. <laughs> I loved him. I loved seeing him again. And this whole show, I, I'm sure it was because he was in it, but this whole show... I was just getting a lot of White Lotus vibes from it. So I have a fanfic theory that uh-huh. I would like to posit to oh you God. and the yes. world. I've not come up with a fanfic theory ever before, so I'm really <gasps> excited for this one. I knew the crossover would happen. It would. <laughs> so my theory is White Lotus Season 2 is just a 
blip in one of the years from one day. So he's the same character and he goes on this debaucherous white lotus journey over one week in the summer when Dex is in Italy. That's my theory. White Lotus is part of no. the One Day Universe. Oh, oh. That's I when love he's in, it and I hate it. That's when he's into his debaucherous, like he's famous, he's fucking around, he just yeah. doesn't care. He's in Italy. He's on drugs. White Lotus is in Italy. So, apropos, that's, that's I, didn't right even, I didn't even make that connection that was possible, but it totally. It actually could work. If White Lotus was back in like the little 2000s a little bit. Yes, yeah. Oh my God. Love it. Love it. Clever girl. Thank you. Um, So his name is Leo Woodall. I thought he was great. He's great. He's kind of like a British version of Dacre Montgomery. Mm, I like that. Yeah. I like that a lot. I was like, something like a pretty blonde boy with thick eyelashes. Eyelashes are thin. So gorgeous. So pretty. Uh, and a head of hair that you can you can pop up into a helmet or you can flop down into a flop. It does it for it's that b- magical boy band hair That's where you're like, it. why does it fall so high? <laughs> <laughs> you just like get that weird, like effeminate thing and be like, yeah. why is this hair do that? Oh Mama, <laughs> get, get out! <laughs> I'm not having sexual feelings! <laughs> you don't know him! You don't get it. <laughs> Did you know that he is dating Megan Fahey, the girl from White Lotus, the blonde wife who oh. blows the guy on the island? They're together now. Oh, oh that's nice. That adorable? That's adorable. Good for them. Yeah. Loved him. I Yeah, I thought that he was wonderful. Also, he <laughs> the a big reason, a personal reason why I – decided to watch this show, I felt drawn to this show, mm-hmm. is the introduction of, like, they're two young people that they could have had sex, but instead mm-hmm. they remain friends. Oh. And I don't know about you, but I definitely had someone in my, like, life at, like, 18 to 19 mm-hmm. where it was blatantly obvious to everyone else I was deeply in love with him. Mm. But I was like, what are you talking about? We're just friends. Mm-hmm. I'll do everything for him. (laughs) If he wants me to pick him up for a one-night stand, I am there. If he needs me to go get drinks at pre-drinks, I'll go to the bottle shop. You know, I'll break up with his girlfriend for him, but we're just friends. Do I do that for any other friends of mine? Absolutely not, but don't look into it. Yes, (laughs) our bond is special and definitely just friendship, so. Ever heard of platonic? Mm. That's this. (laughs) I promise. Oh, I related so hard to like the themes in this show like it's been ages since I was in my early 20s and I haven't reflected on my dating life from back then in a long time but oh my god the unrequited love the yearning the timelines never properly matching up so you never single oh my god yes yeah and it just consuming so much of your time and energy and like yes putting in so it is really beautiful to see how much effort you know, that in your 20s you do put into friendships of people that it's like, you might have met them one time, yeah. but you're still, like, forming all of your connections so everything is fruitful. Yeah, and it's all trial and error. Important. Yeah, whereas now you're like, I've got who I've got, and if you're not in, you're not in. Yeah. So. <laughs> By invitation only. Sorry. <laughs> we nearly had a one-night stand but didn't. Oh, well. Yeah, I will literally never see you again. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I felt like we had a connection. I had a great time, but I'm fucking busy, so... Bye. See you on the apps, I guess. 
Uh, the unrequited love was my main thing. My yeah. God. Oh, God. It is really – it is interesting to see it portrayed so romantically when every mm. time you see it in someone else, it's really so cringe and embarrassing. Yeah, yeah. But he never makes her feel embarrassed for liking him. Yes. I think is the only thing that didn't make me cringe so hard. That's true. And all the rejection. He's still – even though they had a few years where they weren't friends and stuff, you could just tell he's still sticking around in his head. Yes. And he still respects her. Yeah. Oh, But speaking of, okay, that scene where they're at dinner <gasps> and she says we have to say something to each other that the other one doesn't know. <gasps> and she tells him that many years ago when we first met, I had a major crush on you. And she talks about the crush and then he says, I already knew. <sighs> so... Devastating. Devastating. I felt sick watching that because of just there's so many, so many factors. The humiliation that he knew. Yeah. The humiliation that he knew and didn't do anything about it. Right. And then just like kept her as a friend even though he knew that she had feelings. Because in that situation, what you can do is be like, sure, I have really had really big feelings for this guy many years ago, but maybe he did too. And that's just how you kind of like process it and come to terms with it in your head. It's like maybe he did too. And oh, well, that's just our story. To find out that he absolutely knew and he did nothing about it. Mm. Oh, painful. Oh my God. So fucking painful. So like that whole fantasy of hers is dead. Mm. Fan- like a potential fantasy of, oh, but it, what if? But that's fun. Moving on. Yeah. There's no what if anymore. Mm-mm. Oh, God. And then the conversation. Oh, the thing that made me, uh, honestly, a point where I was like, honestly, you should never speak to him again. Like when they then. a few of those. Yeah. Actually, there were several points where I was like, you guys. <laughs> it actually got to like episode nine and I was like, why are they still friends? Why is they this coming back? hate each other. <laughs> I did like seeing this like in a story played out in like a fanciful world mm. of being like, see if you did keep in contact with those people that just rubbed you the wrong way, but you knew there was something there. True. It's actually love. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah. Instead of the actual thing in reality, which is like you should probably, if things are really hard with someone constantly all the time and every time you catch up, you fight. And, and you, you don't feel have bad about time. yourself. Yeah, and you feel belittled and disrespected yeah. and not seen. Hey, that person's like... Not your friend. Not for you. And you should probably move on and put your energy into other people. Yeah. Like Ian. Did you like Ian? I love Ian. You loved Ian? I loved Ian. He's such a little... He annoyed the fuck out of me, of course. I completely understand what his role was. Yeah. But... I loved him. I don't know why. I just have so much affection for him because he's such a little sweetie pie. He's uh, – I – look, I didn't have affection for him. Mm-hmm. I will say that man deserves an award yes. for his portrayal of failing open mic comedian boyfriend <laughs> who cannot read a room to save his life. For every time he came on screen, I was just like – I felt like all my organs crunch up with just the tension of like, what's he gonna do? Yeah, no, what's you're he right. That's so no, weird. I had no, I had crunchy organs. I probably the organs started to uncrunch during the breakup when he started to just be a normal fucking person and yes. not just talking jokes. Yes, which I thought was a lovely arc for him. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> when he came onto things, when Skip started watching. <laughs> 
And he's like, who's this guy? I was like, oh, he's uh, her boyfriend who is a comedian. So he will be, be portrayed poorly throughout the series. <laughs> he's not the hero in this he's story. Never, ever once has anyone been like, that guy's a comedian and everyone loves him. And, it's and great. he has no problems. <laughs> he's just a cool guy, socially well normal, and respected. he's going to succeed. <laughs> <laughs> the one where he's, she's like asking him how did the open mic go and he said oh a bit of booing in this one actually oh. that hit that hit the honesty though the, the honesty. honesty I it was good to see a realistic portrayal of yep. a lot of people who do open mic comedy oh yeah <laughs> who just and they're sweet at heart they're good people but they just they don't have it. And the fact that he was a comedian when she first met him when he worked at the restaurant and he's still doing open mics, what I think is six years later when they're together. Yeah. So beautiful. Yeah. Real, real. Very real. <laughs> that tells me whoever wrote this is friends with a comedian. Oh, definitely knows a comic. Yeah. Yeah, for at sure. Least. Or if not has, has dated <laughs> Big time. Because this um, series was based on a book called One Day. Oh, okay. By Dave Nichols. Definitely knows a comedian. Oh, yeah. Okay, so this was written by a man. Yes, yeah. Well, there's got to be a a lady's hand in it because everything that Emma was going through Mm. spoke so true to me. It felt really real. Yeah. Particularly as, like, she is, like, a writer. Mm-hmm. And, like, her wanting to, you know, be brave enough to pursue writing and, like, you know, instead of being a teacher and actually, you know, being brave enough to put herself out there mm. is, like, a huge battle God, that's throughout. True. That was very relatable. And then that moment where he says, those who can do, do, and those <gasps> who can't do, teach. teach. <gasps> and she storms off. Fuck, it was so good. The dialogue, the writing mm. in this incredible yeah every line was like a roller coaster yeah like they did so many amazing pullback reveals or like lulling you into a false sense of security with one thing and then like there'd be lines where you're like okay well that's where they stand now and then there'd be a pause and then they'd follow the line up with something that completely just undid everything that for example when he when uh, Dex is telling Emma that he is getting married and he gives her the invitation and then also says that he's having a baby. Yeah. Right? So in that whole moment, you're like, oh, devastated because yeah. this is it. This is him moving on. There's no chance for them. That little fantasy that she might have of the what if is dead now. Mm. He's getting married. He's having a baby. And he seems really happy about it and really like assured. So you're like, okay, well, that's where they are now. And then there's a beat and then he says to her, do you think that's a good thing? And immediately you're like, he's not sure. He's he not has sure. no idea what he wants. What he, oh, it's the brilliant, brilliant writing. Yeah, really, really good. I did also I have because recently I have been reading more and more books. Brag, okay. And I also watched another romance series turned into a movie, the After series. Okay, and I've it's interesting. Heard. You don't have to watch it. I actually, you know what? I have a story about one of the actresses in that film mm-hmm. and about a very uncomfortable interaction we had at a party. Oh, I will not be saying it on the main feed. You will have to head over to Patreon for it. Writing that down for the Patreon. Um, but anyway, so it is another like romance series mm-hmm. that, and it, again, it's like people in it's like oh they want to be writers and they have a will they won't they and like mm-hmm. just noticing that like it's a very common thing. Yes, across 
these very successful books turned into like TV shows and movies. Interesting. Yeah. It is. You're right. It is a will they, won't they. This is like a mm. seven hour will they, won't they. Yes. <laughs> yes. Which I watched in two sittings. Which I love. Which I, is what we love. Come we on. That's what it. Bridgerton is. Bridgerton is 13. The episodes are an hour long. <sighs> and it goes for like 13 hours and they don't even like to like one fuck scene and it's like maybe seven hours in you get a touch of a hand in a garden oh my god if you're lucky i come immediately yeah we get a bit salt burny during this did you find i felt felt some real salt burn vibes when he goes to visit his wife's family at their incredible mansion my god that was so uncomfortable yeah I We're learning a lot about British aristocracy lately. Yes. It's weird. Can I be honest though? That whole time, even though yeah, that was weird and fucked up. They played that weird game where they hit each other with yeah, newspapers. I, I fast forwarded through that. I was like, I, I had to skip because we were doing this today. So. <laughs> And I was like, some things I'll just skip through. Yeah. I don't know what the fuck that was. It was so weird. And, like just like the we're playing everyone's favorite game. Are you there, Moriarty? <laughs> I was like, what are you talking about? No one knows what you're talking about. Like, you should know this. You host a game show. Yeah. Dude. Can I say, though, I love that they hated him because if my daughter brought that man home, I'm going to be like, dump his ass. Yeah, for sure. For sure, 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 sure. He hosted. I love the, also oh, the inclusion the of-, of the fucked up genre of British television that is just like making fun of ugly people. Yes. For the 2000s, there was just a bunch of shows. This is exactly the time for it. That was like the show that they gave reference to was like Britain's ugliest girlfriend. girlfriend. <laughs> With its offshoot, Britain's fattest girlfriend. Yeah. Oh, remember the show Snog, Marry a Britain's Boy? Britain's pimpliest boyfriend. Yeah, exactly. Or like my mum's a slut. Or yeah. <laughs> my mum's a big slag. Help me. Dr. Jones or whatever. <laughs> yeah. And there's just someone who's like, I'm Dr. Jones. It's just a guy they've pulled off the street who's wearing a waistcoat and he's like, That's Dex. Mm, I'm reading your mum's body count. And it turns out she is a massive slag. <laughs> Let's take her to the slut MRI. <laughs> did you like this overall? I did. I liked it a lot. I thought it was a really easy watch. I didn't love it. Mm-hmm. Like, it was a fun watch at the end of the day to just like chuck on a few episodes or just like have it while I was making friendship bracelets. Sure. But the- That's the cutest thing you've ever said. Yeah, I'm adorable now. I've seen Taylor Swift live. I'm a changed woman. I'm yeah. an angel. I've never said anything bad ever you in my whole life. You did float into the studio today. I meant to ask you about it, but we had to get on mic. I know. We had to. It was not time. I will say though, I did find it like a little bit tropey at times, but I enjoyed that it was tropey. I agree. And like lent into the like, oh, this is like a little bit cringe, but I like it for what it is. Yeah. And I'm not expecting anything more than what it was. It did mean at the end, like I didn't, I didn't cry when <gasps> the. Can I confess something to you? Yeah. So all of the discourse I've seen about this is just get ready to fucking cry constantly for seven hours. I didn't cry once <gasps> throughout the entire thing. Yeah. I didn't cry at all. And even at the end, I think because I knew, I knew that Emma... So you knew someone spoiled it for you? I knew that one of them passed away. Okay. So I was gearing up for that the whole time. Yeah. But also, I... Yeah, I didn't fall completely in love with the characters. I liked how entertaining this is. Yeah. I wasn't like, oh my God, this is the most amazing thing I've seen. I was like, oh, this has been really enjoyable to watch. Mm-hmm. And everyone involved in this 
did a great job. And I'll happily, in a couple of years' time, put it on again in the background. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm the same. Yeah. I, I really liked it. So enjoyable. I was saying to you, I haven't binged anything like a series in a really long time. And this was so easy to do because I get distracted very easily. And I just had it on. Very enjoyable. Didn't cry. Like, I, I, my, my eyes got a little wet at the end when he's talking to her spirit. Yeah. And he's sitting down in the – because it was the wrap-up of the entire series. Yes. So. Yeah. But it didn't – yeah, it wasn't like – life-changing for me but yeah. I think it's still a very enjoyable watch oh tropes you're right it yeah. was very tropey um I assumed that one of them would die like genuinely just assumed that was what the cry the thing that made everyone cry especially mm. when we got to ep 12 and everything was good yes like, well, like something oh, tragic no. must happen in the next two eps it's either uh he I thought he was going to accidentally hurt his kid or something but I'm mm. glad they didn't go there and it was look she died because she got hit on a bike. Very cute. Yeah. <laughs> Very cute. <laughs> like just, just riding a bike through the London streets. That's a bit tropey. Yeah. Uh, one that really stuck out to me, but it still worked, was the come skinny dipping with me <laughs> trope. Uh, the, 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 the rambunctious guy goes skinny dipping yeah. and the, the little wallflower girl finally gets the courage to do it. Like that kind of stuff. Yes. Yeah. I tell you, my favourite trophy part was when he was in his, like, big drug addiction era and he had the TV job and he, like, he'd just gotten sober but then he was falling off the wagon. This man in that wagon, my God, can you get on and off it more? Put a seatbelt on their back. (laughs) He's... He's dragging behind, if anything. We need to strap you into that wagon. Every episode would open and he'd be partying. I'd be like, fuck, man, come, come on. on. You just dude. got sober a year ago. Sorry, go Because so, that trope kept coming up. It did. <laughs> skip. Every time he, like, drank, like, it, like, built up. He'd be like, oh, no, he's contemplating whether to have a drink or not. No, no, you shouldn't. And then he'd have a drink. We'd be like, no. <laughs> no, Dex, you're so sexy. No, don't do this to your Dex. No. <laughs> Sexy Dexy! He's so misunderstood and sexy. Put the drink down. <laughs> so that made it very fun. That's very fun. <laughs> yeah, I think if you could watch it with that kind of a don't expect to be, you know, life changed yeah. after it, it's a, a very entertaining watch. Yeah, but I didn't hate it for it. No. It was like no. it knew what it was doing. That's what I mean. Yeah, as soon as I heard the it's almost like come in, the water's fine. Like we're going yeah. skinny dipping. I did bristle a bit, like, oh. But then I was like, hey, it still Literally works. Let's what happens in Twilight, Breaking Dawn. Sure. And I, yeah, <laughs> right? And But it works. Like, it showed me who she is. It shows me their dynamic. Yes. And this is this is YA, right? Yes. Young Idol. Absolutely. So, yeah. Ratings. How many bottles of wine in the park out of five? Nice. Um, ooh, I give this three bottles. Three full bottles and a piccolo. Oh, nice shout out to the piccolo. We love a piccolo. We love a piccolo. Um, I'd say three bottles and a piccolo. What about you? Nice. I would agree. I think I would go three and a half bottles Mm -hmm. because the other half is just, you know, Left, you're in the sun for so long. It's going to yeah. get warm. Yeah. You can't drink that. I know that thing. Yeah, you're opening that fourth bottle and you're like, should we? And then you yeah. go halfway through, we shouldn't have. Yeah, it's hot mm. now. Why? Yeah. But yeah, loved it. Really well made. Great. Really great performances. Nice. Didn't blow my brain and sit out. Yeah. Yeah. And if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Exactly. And this was not broke. This was very fixed. 
Hell yeah. Speaking of very fixed. Yeah. <laughs> and very full of awards. Yes. Nominations and wins. And wins. Moving on to our large screen portion of the show where we talk about something that we've seen on the big screen. And this week, we, in our Oscars run-up, because yes. the Oscars are in a couple of weeks. 11th of March. Put in the calendar. Stay tuned. We're going to be doing Oscars predictions and an Oscars recap as well. We are reviewing the movie The Holdovers. Yes. Nominated for a lot of SAG awards on Sunday. Yes. So many SAG awards. And one Best Supporting Actress. Oh, yes. For Divine Joel Randolph. Randolph. She was amazing. She was fantastic. Oh, my God. Let's get into it. Did you like this movie? Yes. And I was so nervous because Mm. I hadn't heard anything about it. Neither. I just, I saw Paul Giamatti won Best Actor at Mm. one of the many award shows. And love Paul Giamatti. So good. Particularly from Big Fat Liar. I'm sure he agrees this is Magnum some opus. of his best work. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Frankie Muniz and Amanda Bynes. I enjoyed <laughs> him when he played an editor on 30 Rock. <gasps> oh, my <laughs> God. That was in love with Liz. Yes. <laughs> He's great. He's got He's range. so talented. Um, so love Paul Giamatti. But then when I saw how bland the colour palette was. Ooh, brown. That made me so anxious because I have baby brain mm. not that I'm pregnant I just, <laughs> just the, it's a constant state I have Bella Baxter brain some may say <laughs> oh, I like shiny colors can I just say I think I forgot to say this on last week's episode Luke my, my partner for any new listeners after we watched Poor Things said that I really remind him of Bella Baxter okay what the fuck <laughs> did he say why for the clumsiness <laughs> So we'll move right along from that. Do always speak, before, think before they – sorry, that's just a great example. <laughs> For example. <laughs> think, think about the compliment beforehand because yeah. you don't want people like, oh, you really look like this person, and then they show you a troll from under a bridge, and you're like, all right, and they're like, you have the same nose. You're like, oh, so we're going to ignore the troll attached to it. Yes, I'm fucking 10K out. For a nose job in Turkey soon. Fuck me. <laughs> um, I loved this movie. Yeah. Thought it was great. Really enjoyable. You know what, though? I don't have a lot to say about it. Me either. Mm. It was just really nice. It was so well made. Yes. Everything from the script to the costuming to the set to the cinematography. The casting. The casting. Oh, my God. The performances. Everything was really well thought out and intentional mm-hmm. and just like how delicate mm. it yeah. all was and how people handled it mm. was so evident and I totally understand why this was nominated and has won so many awards. Yeah. And it's a beautiful story. Mm. Like the stakes are high because it involves tragedy and yes. death and stuff, but also the stakes are non-existent at the same time. Yes. In the actual insular story we're watching, it's just for anyone who hasn't seen it, it's just uh, at a boarding school in England and it's over Christmas break. Everyone goes home except this one boy doesn't have like home to go to, so he mm. stays and Paul Giamatti's a teacher who looks after him for the week. Like there's no stakes in the week itself. Yes. So you can just properly relax into the show and enjoy and appreciate those subtle moments that you're talking about. And then the stakes are introduced because you're like, there's tension, these people are weird, they don't get on. And then as you go through, you realise, oh, everyone has something else going Going on on through this and it's slowly interwoven Mm. and, like, you see how all these characters end up leaning on each other and learning from each other Mm. 
and it's just it's very sweet. It's sweet. That is the perfect word for it. It has timeless classic energy. Yes. Yes. Yeah. It also has Dead Poet Society energy. Oh my god. Slash yes. with Sister Act Two energy. <laughs> Which, you know, it's going to happen when you shoot enough scenes in a church in a British boarding school. It's going to cross, cross exactly. over with one of those. Exactly. <laughs> it's so pretty too. Like mm. uh, I watched this with my partner and it was shot on film, I was told, and I think there might have even been a little bit of a film effect put on it too because at, some t- at times you could actually see the little, the little specks of film yes. on the screen. That's what that was. Yeah. I was like, why does it feel so soft? I think film is having a massive renaissance at the moment. It really is. Even at like Taylor Swift, <laughs> go over to the Patreon. I swear it's worth it. But there was film cameras everywhere. Like even just disposable film cameras or like Polaroids or everyone's. Your partner Luke brought a film camera to our holiday recently. He sure did. He's and an arbiter of trends. Yeah, and I think you're right. Film is having a resurgence. Just in like you said, Polaroids and stuff just in our regular lives. Mm. But so many... F- movies are using film because I think people are getting sick of digital and CGI. Yes. I mean, as we spoke about on Monday, J-Lo's visual album, completely vi- CGI, and it's, um, it's yuck. Okay. I don't like it. We didn't get – I honestly could have said so much more about – We will on the Patreon. Yes. But that was – I was like, I feel like I'm seeing too much here. It's a video game. Yeah. Yeah. A scene that really stuck out to me was the chat that they had in the bottle shop. Oh, Oh, right. That was like, I could watch that on loop of how revealing it was and like all the little strings that tied up Mm. leading up to that very moment, that conversation and the vulnerability and like warmth and understanding and trust in it. I was like, oh my God, I hope that my son one day has a moment like this. Mm. I hope that I get to go to boarding yeah. school and get abandoned by my family at Christmas and have a moment like that. Yeah. It did really endear me to teachers in the past who I was like, oh, they were just someone who was – Mrs. Keenan from Year 8 English was just going through it. Yeah, just having her own shit. Yeah. She didn't hate me specifically. She hated the world. Everyone. Or at least that's what I like to think. <laughs> and also I noticed that that bottle scene was one shot too, which I just always am so impressed when – Actors can do an entire scene with no breaks. That's and crazy to me. They didn't make a jerk off about it. They weren't like, <gasps> yes. you don't see in every press release being like, and by the way, mm. the bottle shot scene, one, shot. one take. It was one take. If you watch the movie, you should notice. It's like all of this. And everything about it's really understated. Like mm. when it comes to publicity and stuff, it matches the vibe of the movie. So true. It's like, all in tweed. Yes. The publicity for somehow is in tweed it's for me. tweed. <laughs> and in a way that's not obnoxious. Yeah, yeah. Because also Paul Giamatti has... Oh, God, the, he was good in he was this. He so good. But his lazy eye, mm. uh, like, they're just like, oh, we're just not going to say how we did it, but we just it was just done by special effects. Like, Yeah, so was it yeah. a prosthetic? They don't, they're like, we don't need to say. It just oh. wasn't CGI. That's all you need to know. Oh, wow. Yeah. A non-egotistical movie. I yeah. love it. I like it. a little bit of mystery. And despite all that still being up for awards season, yeah. it's pretty cool. It's really, really cool. Fuck yeah. It was really nice. It's like it, this movie was like watching a gymnast just like stick the landing. Yeah. Like no mess, no fuss, comes out, nails the routine, sticks it. And you're like, that was enjoyable. You're like, that's how a gym routine should look. Yes. I forgot because of all of the other fancy shit going on I'm getting distracted by. Yeah. But nah. That was a good triple point turn. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, ratings. How many? 
Oh, can I just say I love Dominic Sessa. Oh, he's that was his first ever feature film, Stop by the way. Stop it. Fuck off. He's what? I saw him at the SAG Awards in the audience. I was like, oh my God, it's He's so tall. So tall and like such a beautiful angular face. He is very British boarding private school look. Yeah. That was perfectly cast. Adam Driver really opened the door for these angular boys to come through. And I'm so here for it. Yes. So interesting to watch on screen. Oh my God, these pale angular boys. Love them. All right. Well, so how many pale angular boys? (laughs) Out of five, do you give this? I'm going to give the holdovers a good 4.5. It didn't blow my brain. It didn't rock my socks. But you know what? Sometimes I'm okay with that. Mm. And I just like a a good movie set in reality, telling a beautiful story, and no one fucking dies. Yeah. What about you? I am going to give it four angular boys. Out of the five boys that were left over, the <laughs> shitty one with the long hair who had 2020 face. I was uh, like, get him out of there. And it was absolutely a wig. Sorry, <laughs> production, but we, we knew. I was like, I can see him doing like the renegade dance yeah. in my head. Please get him off the cast. You know so that thing out. that people are talking about online a lot of like you can't, there's some faces you can't cast in period dramas. Is, is this one about Jessica Biel? Probably. Someone's like, her face has seen texting. You can't convince me <laughs> otherwise. That's it. Now it's her face has seen Instagram. Yes. (laughs) So that guy's face has seen, he knows what Instagram is. Yes. He should, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the other four angular boys, the good ones. (laughs) So strong four. Four good angular boys. Yeah. Out of five. Great. Well, shall we move on to our small I did this last week, our small screen (laughs) recommendations. Small screen recommendations, yes. I'd like to start. With a bit of a horny one. Oh. My small screen recommendation for this week is the Vanity Fair shoot that Barry Keoghan recently did. <gasps> Have you seen? No. Show me a little something. It's nude. Oh, he put some pants on. He's a cheeky Barrimus. man. Look how oh cheeky. He can't stop getting it out. So everyone is saying, like, yeah, famed nudist Barry Keoghan. <laughs> but, like, so cute, you guys. Anyway, so that's my small screen recommendation. I suggest looking at it on a small screen, not a big one, because it is a private time. Yes. It's a private moment for you and Between Barry. you and your small screen. So I recommended this creator on our first Patreon episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm going to bring her to the main feed because I I think she's wonderful. Jess L. Jean is a comedian and content creator. She did this poem about (laughs) she did this sketch about being a poet coming home at Christmas and I literally go back and watch it when I'm bored and she puts out great sketches. She's really really funny. Highly recommend checking her out. Fuck yeah, we'll link her in the show notes. Well, well, that was our episode for this that's week. That's our review episode, you guys. We have a beautiful bonus episode coming out this Friday all about Taylor Swift and definitely some more thoughts about Taylor. This is me now. Fucking hell. God, I could write a th- an essay. There's no need. Shall we? Okay. We have no, podcast. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> that's why we do this, so we don't have to that's write true. things down. That's true. Well, thank you, everyone. Also, thank you so much for your beautiful feedback from our first week last week. We had so much fun launching this podcast, and we're so excited to keep going. So uh, let us know what you think of these episodes, what you'd like us to talk about. We take feedback because this is for you guys. All right. We love you. We love you.